The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here to analyze this. I got Summer Sibley here uh, in the studio uh, with me. Uh, we got Doc Skoll uh, on the line along with Dwayne Henry. Uh, we're talking about um, that special election uh, result in New York, the swing district. That's what actually makes it uh, even more um, you know, important uh, as we analyze um, the political terrain going forward. But before we get back to that, uh, some programming notes tonight for Channel 12, the PBS News Hour at 7 p.m., NOVA. Uh, at 8 p.m., investigate the deep history, his, the deep history of astronomy in West Africa. So I guess they're talking about Ghana, Sierra Leone, you know what I'm saying, Liberia, you know, all those uh, Senegal, uh, those, those West Coast countries uh, of of the motherland. And then nature comes on at nine, right? Uh, explore the fossil of the largest Jurassic predator ever known, and that's from nine to ten. And then another edition of Nova is to explore the revolutionary engineering behind. <sighs> Paris's most iconic landmark, the Eiffel Tower. And that's from 10 to 11 in Secrets of the Dead, right? Examine the remains of a young African-American woman from the 19th century, from 19th century New York. And then, of course, you know, Midnight, uh, I'm important company, which normally comes at 11, but time turn back in November. You're going to turn forward next month. So it'll be back at 11 p.m. as for right now. It's midnight. So PBS News are at 7, Nova, first edition at 8, Nature at 9, another edition of Nova at 10, Secrets of the Dead at 11, and I'm important company uh, at midnight. Uh, Summer, glad to have you here. Good morning. Good morning. Donald Ducks Cole, good morning. Mr. Handel, glad to have you on. How are you? Morning, Mr. President. I said good morning to Mr. Sibley. <laughs> always, always a pleasure listening listening to you. Thank you. That's Thank a, you. That's a nice side link. With. I carry it big. I carry it big for you up there. That's a nice link. And and doing and doing doing do you, you got a brother who's a Amaro? So that's that's a that's, that's a nice that's a Saint Thomas thing as well. Man, and doing glad to have you. Up. That's that's why I'm talking about. Glad to have all of So let's talk about the swing district nature of yesterday and summer. I want to get you involved in this as well because uh, we're hearing this border talk, right? Mm-hmm. Right and. Um, here is something that I believe uh, hasn't been brought up yet, Ducks, Dwayne, and Summer, as it relates to how they're targeting the folks from Mexico who are coming across the border. They're beating up on them left and right. But but Dwayne, Ducks, and you, Summer, I want to talk to you first. These are the same people that they'll be using for cheap labor on these farms out there. You know, I drove from San Jose to L.A., and I saw it myself 8 a.m. in the morning in the San Joaquin Valley where these same folks that they are talking about now like animals are the ones that they're using for cheap labor out there out west. So it's... Absolutely. Um, look, look, let, me, let me get someone to respond from an agriculture perspective yeah. that are coming to you and then ducks. So what you say is an absolute true statement. You know, I, I was in Florida, me and my father was having a debate because my dad's a Republican. Nothing wrong with that. And... Yeah. I was telling Daddy, first of all, it's very un-American when we, when the Statue of Liberty represents, we started, give me a hunger, give me a poor, give me your tired yearning to be free. Mm-hmm. So, we're, so what we think is anti-American, when we think of the premise of how our country was developed, even from the people who land and 
Clement Rock. There was the Rabba's Beggar Steelers leaving the, the European continent to forge a new way here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. One manifest destiny about is aimed by the people who have nothing gained something. That's right. So that's one. So that's un-American of us to think that this border situation is solely like we're painting them as vis- villains. But second... And all terrorists and murderers. But second, yeah. these large corporations, the, the very wealthy, do use this this labor pool that does not exist in American society anymore to power monocrop agriculture, no to power the lifestyles of the rich and famous. You don't go to nobody house in LA and <laughs> it got a local um, Americanized or Californian working. They have people who cross the Mar- border. Mar-a-Lago. So there's going Mar-a-Lago to be... If we If we get what they desire, we're going to have a full-on labor shortage that's going to force a food crisis. That's why I'm talking about. Now I know why some of the big deputies in Atlanta were doing Henry when I absent. Doing, um, this is hypocrisy. And, and Summer touched on something, and you touched on it earlier. You used sociology. But it's really the R word is why a lot of people, why they vote, how they be voting, and claiming to identify with certain people. There's a level of hypocrisy going on here, Dwayne. We lose with Henry? Maybe. I'm sorry, I had your mood. Okay, I sorry. Saying, uh, good morning, Summer. Good to hear your voice. And I agree. Summer said what was great to say, though, is that we might as well take down the Statue of Liberty. Or, or as Summer said... Or, 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 or as Summer said, it looked like the Statue of Liberty only there for people who migrated from one direction. Mm. Right, right, right. Or, 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 yeah, exactly. Or, or take the... Um, the inscription down. Yeah. They can't nothing. Well, you know, give me a photo of masses. That means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. Now, and someone's completely right. I get um, um, the um, the the um, Cesar Chavez organization of farm workers. Um, I you know they, I follow them on threads. Mm-hmm. And every they send out uh, a, a short video, a picture of a farm worker working in freezing cold, showing how much they got to pick up. For a dollar and change an hour, it's insane what these these hypocrites are just talking about with immigration. It's just craziness. No, because they know they're using the cheap labor. No, no, Doc, so I got a text message from, from one of your partners, a rack territory, and he said, Good morning. All you need to know is the GOP, impe- the GOP impeached the first Latino Secretary of Homeland Security yesterday, and 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 Mayorkas, um, he he uh, he was uh, impeached uh, yesterday, and doing you and I spoke about that. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, they wanted to beat to beat the numbers game because they didn't know mm-hmm. what was going to happen last night. Mm-hmm. But 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 docs, and I don't want the public to think that I am pro illegal immigration because I'm not. You need to know who is coming over, and you need to be able to keep tabs on everybody. I have no problem with that. But the way they're talking, docs, they're talking as if the opportunity is only for a handful of people and not for everybody. The American, the American dream. Absolutely. MAGA, make America great again. And I, I go back in history because I always like to look through the lens of history. Who built America? Immigrants. You know ancestors, blood, sweat, and tears who built America? Yep. And how, do they, how have they treated our, our ancestors in America? So who is, who is picking the cotton? I mean, who picked the cotton? Who, picked, who cut the sugar cane? Who did all of that? And then... You don't want us. You don't want us to be a part of the American dream, correct? So here you have those coming across the border, 
as Summer said so eloquently, you know, they are the ones now who are going to pick what? Pick the peaches, pick the, the, the mango, pick the apple, pick whatever, and you don't want them. But you don't want them to be in America, but you want them to do the work. For, um, for, of, for, for America so that you can lie in your pocket. Exactly. So Make America Great Again is still center, front and center. And the Speaker of the House, and I keep referring to him as Donald Trump and his MAGA people, <laughs> got, the, got the, the bill to fix the, the border or to help deal with the border and derailed it for who? The Speaker of the House. Okay? Mm-hmm. So here we are again. M-A-G-A, Make America Great Again. And Making America Great Again is a retroactive, speaking retroactively to go back to how it used to be. No, 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 no. I, I want to make sure the public understands the distinction. When you say Speaker of the House, you you mean Donald Trump, the de facto Speaker of the House, because Mike Johnson is quote unquote the actual Speaker, but we know that he is carrying out the wishes of uh, the the party's leader. Uh, Summer, let me talk. Yeah, yeah, but, but Neville, Neville, they, some of them are nominated Donald Trump to be the Speaker of the House. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're, you're right for trust. That, that's a good point. That, that was a part of now. Now that that was when McCarthy, right? Maca- uh, actually, they had people nominating Trump from early on when McCarthy yeah. first win, mm-hmm. and then when McCarthy get kicked out, they were not. They were thinking about nominating him again. But some I want to talk about the politics though. These swing districts that actually determine who gonna be leading the house. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be determined electoral votes, right? Because we know hardcore Democrats on the left, hardcore Republicans on the right, you're looking at registration numbers, you're seeing that um, those registration numbers for the left and the right are going down and the numbers in the middle continue to go up. The unaffiliated, the independents, uh, what have you. New York um, is a, a swing district, one of 19 that voted for Biden in 20. Went, went Republican in 2022. Is this basically uh, an ominous sign for the Republicans from this perspective? You vote based on ideologies for the most part. But when it looked like you have one candidate who just running him out and is self-centered and egotistical, and you have another candidate who they claim is flawed because he's 81 years old and lacking vitality and all that, are we seeing people voting f- for sanity over insanity? <laughs> Man, that's a deep question. Um, because one looks sane and one talking like he ain't sane. Let me put, remove the person and just talking from a sanity, a sane candidate or a tempered, measured candidate versus <laughs> a verb. You like that one, right, uh, Dwayne? Versus, versus a verbose, outspoken candidate. So, do, 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 peop, do, do people vote like that sometimes when, when, they, when the playing field is level? Um, I want to say that people ain't voting for sane or insane. People voting for, for safety, which is why the Republican Party has to, has to paint the immigrants to be a threat to our society Ooh. because what they're doing, it's a fair factor vote, right? People are now clinging. So people ain't voting Democrat, right? People voting, I want to live in a democracy. I want to feel safe as a person of color, mm-hmm. as an immigrant, right? So I have to cling to this side. Other people are voting, 
Canada. I don't want the browning of America. I don't want the erasure of white people. I don't want the erasure of white dominant culture. So then they actually voting for the candidates, you know, they actually voting for the fear of erasure. What is going to make my life harder, which is why each side in its own way pitches this fair narrative that if it's not me, here is what your life is going to look like. They ain't talking facts up there, neither of them. They ain't talking how we making America great for real. We're talking about how do we stop the browning of America or how do I make sure the brown people in America feel safe in America and you have access to resources. You bring up a good point, which, which, which forces me to go to the demographics of yesterday's swing district, doing right? Because based on what somebody's saying, right, some people... Uh, the fear, the fear, the fear rhetoric ain't just on the Republican side. It's also on the Democrat side because they're the ones that are saying, from a fear standpoint, if you believe that uh, you want to live in a democracy and democracy is being threatened, then you got to vote for me. Um, here's the demographics of that district last night or yesterday: sixty-nine point five percent white, fourteen point six percent Asian, ten point six percent Hispanic. 3.1% black and 2.2% other. Um, last night was not about the, the, the browning of, or yesterday in, in New York 3, wasn't about the browning of America standing up. Because when you look at this, 70% of this district is white. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I think um, when you look at the breakdown, you know, and um, like I said, you know, last night when we were texting back and forth, Queens came out for Swazi. That's the Italian vote, and the um, and the Hispanic. Vote, yeah, yeah, you said Astoria, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. Astoria and, and and the North Shore, the rich people live in yeah. uh, in Massapequa yeah. and Glen Cove, coming exactly. out and Great Neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you get down into um, um, where you went to school and with uh, Westbury and stuff. Yeah, or Jewish, and that's why the Republicans try to run this Israeli soldier because they try to turn it into a a test vote on Hamas and mm. and, um, and, and, and Israel. And, 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 Biden, and Biden financing the genocide uh, yes. of, of people in Gaza, correct? And that it didn't work, though. That's, that's right. Now, uh, hey, Docs, I got a question from one of my listeners. He said, are you certain that Rasta Kala, we don't, we don't know if he's a Rasta, but we know, we know he's Jamaican, right? That Jamaican Kala yesterday didn't mistake MAGA for Raga. <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said, that boy didn't drink lemongrass tea yesterday. He's drinking Jim Jones Kool-Aid, right? No, 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 no. Let me, let, I want the public to know. Everybody is entitled to support whomever they want to support, right? We want, we want to let the public uh, know that. One of the things that he said yesterday was that um, the people don't respect America under Biden like they, like, like they do with Trump. That to me is an, another part of the fear rhetoric that 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 Summer just mentioned, Doc School. Because the last time I checked, didn't they blame um, Biden a week and a half ago for going after people in Yemen when the people in Yemen had the drone attack and and Iran and and, and our forces in Jordan? You can't have it both ways, Doc School. You go tell the truth. You can't have it both ways, but uh, Summer is absolutely correct, and she made the the line of demarcation as fear versus browning. Mm -hmm. And she's absolutely correct. And, and and that's what it is. So that center the center block of voters, you know, basically are the one like I told you guys that the Democrats have to go after. Okay? And let them know 
that America is, is a democratic country and we're going to protect your democracy and we're going to make you safe in America. Okay? That is what it is. The fact remains, this MAGA and Araga. I don't believe somehow the gentleman, you know, <laughs> understand the foundation of MAGA and what MAGA represents. Well, okay. I know, I know one thing. He tell me I'm doing this that Donald Trump can't lose. Come, well, November, can, I, come November, can't lose. But but I but when we watch these swing district votes, Doc School, I don't know if Donald Trump can win. So, but oh. I I hope I am wrong, right? Yeah. But we have to ask ourselves why none of these presidents or people running for this major office mm -hmm. they're independent. They represent a faction of people who want to seek and maintain power. Politics is about power and money at a certain level. So and let's start and, and people. And pe well, the, the yeah. people, the people for control, not mm. the people for investment. That's why we still have the electoral vote because we don't need it anymore. Ooh. But without the electoral college, they lose power. So that's why these swing districts become important. But not only that, though. But, but and Doctor brings this up. People, people focus on the the presidential election, but that Senate, that Senate, U.S. Senate vote is so critical because they're the ones who are putting our judges in place. Listen. Oh, okay. After the nominated by the president. But so when so I, we got so we got to learn government. I think we need to be promoting but, better understanding. But we of have to look at the motives of economics, right? Well, yes. So for me, it is time. What we're seeing, tr national disruption trends, tells us it's time to repaint the arc of the structures that they have put in place. The best way to do that is to incite civil war. If you want to deconstruct America and reconstruct it, Ooh. reconstruction happens after mass civil insurrection. We haven't had one of those in a long time. So the Trumpian era, making America great again, the, the Jamaican might be right. Either way, he wins. What he's doing is creating a mass divide. So we are civilly divided in order for us to collapse and be rebuilt. You have to ask yourself, what is the underlying motives behind the rhetoric that we are hearing? And it is to move economics to people of power. Ain't got nothing that'll generate more money than war. Um, and I know that I want, I want to thank uh, Dwayne Henry and 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 um and Doc School. Now I to see why I can't really bring her summer too frequently because you know when she starts speaking at that Ivy League level, some of us I got to know some of us I got to know our place and stay there. You know what I'm saying? Not not just know your place, know your place and stay there. Gentlemen, thank you, thank you for helping me analyze yesterday's. Before you go, I just want to say summer. Stand firm because you're talking my kind of talk. That is what I deal with, and we're analyzing this. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. Thank you, Dwayne and Docs. Glad to have you on this morning. I uh, appreciate that. We'll take a break and uh, come back and listen to more brilliance from the one summer Sibley Brung uh, here and analyze this. Be back right after this. A new year deserves a fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a nonprofit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our nonprofit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. 
On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. On Masterpiece. They're transferring me to start bomber training. He'll be flying. Over there. I don't think I'm ready. Neither did any of the women who came before you, and yet here we all are. My wife, she's pregnant. I wondered if I could go back. We all have people we're worried about, but we have a job to do. Is that understood? I think it started. All Creatures Great and Small, the season finale on Masterpiece. Tune in Sunday, February 18th at 10 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. Back here, I analyze this, and I want to thank my good friend, we Henry and Donald Doug School, for joining me with all the wrap up on that swing swing district uh, election yesterday in New York, right? That's and the district is actually a small portion of Queens, and a, and a solid portion of Nassau County out in Long Island. Remember now, Long Island is is Queens and Brooklyn on the New York City side, and Nassau and Suffolk County, right, uh, on the eastern sides uh, of the island. By the way, uh, summer. Uh, Rufus told me one of my listeners he, he sent me some, some text messages uh, based on what you say. He said, and the most recent wars were predicated from lies mm. from the American standpoint, right? Gulf, uh, Vietnam, Ukraine, uh, etc. Uh, what have you. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting how you broke that down where, um, where was it? Um, Colin Powell. We mentioned his name yesterday, right? Because he's a graduate of uh, 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 City College. And uh, he was working for the Bush administration, and they made this argument to invade um, uh, Iraq, right? This is 2003, right? This is in 2000, 2003, the aftermath of 911. Uh, Desert Storm was a decade before that, uh, 91. Lewis Hill and all of them uh, went over there. But who were the big winners? <clears throat> All these contractors, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, and 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 um, when we when we find out, it's only after the appropriations were made and the checks were cut, we we realize the billions of dollars that was expended, you know, and who was generating it, and how in doing that, right, they monopolizing the money. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's face it: in a capitalistic society, we need to. To always uh, be mindful uh, of what we were doing uh, and and what we're doing 
and and you know how they go back to what was done 160 years ago. Because it's the same playbook. It's the same playbook, man. Just they just refine it, but you know they they, they still use it. Yesterday I had a guest on. Her name was uh, Elaine Porsche, and they're gonna be having a. Uh, she's into leadership. They're gonna be having a retreat. Um, Saida Carter, them right. Mm-hmm. But I, I was so I was looking over her um, her portfolio, and it says here uh, she's done some volunteer work for the food bank for New York City, and she mentioned uh, one of the reasons why you know she uh, is interested in helping them out and all that stuff is about food security. So I told her that's a big issue that that we're faced with here in the territory. Ninety percent of what we consume, over ninety percent. Uh, is important, even though we have the fertile land uh, to feed uh, ourselves. So I wanted to, and I mentioned you, and I, so I wanted to, to let you know that um, what we're dealing with here in the Virgin Islands, it is felt everywhere um, as it relates to food security and the ability to feed yourself. The issue that we're dealing with, and this is fair week, so we need to talk about this, is the percentage of what we're importing and how <clears throat> ridiculous that is, given our natural ability to grow here in the territory, and historically, how fertile here on the St. Croix side in particular, our land is, and that we have no excuse to be importing the percentages that we import. Um, hmm. We have no excuse. I... I uh, I agree. Um, so I was on after Elaine Porcher um, when she was on Ariella's show this week. So I got a chance to overlap with her. And I want to say I'm super interested in her retreat because something she talked about when, when I heard her, Neville, right, was the point of view shift. And so let's shift the point of view. If we have 98% import, we have 2% production. We have yet to date identify for this community what the 2% is. We don't know if the 2% is lettuce, cucumber, tomato, lamb. We don't know the breakdown. That Schedule F is collected by the Department of Agriculture. Our farmers fill out forms that go to IRB. Unless we begin to audit what the 2% is, we don't have your favorite thing. Data, baseline data to begin building from quote-unquote, 2% to 5% and measure how we gain there. We don't know where to invest the money that we have to, in order to make the 2% grow. And we're not monitoring what Virgin Islanders are eating, so we don't even know where to target the mass media campaign, which will be necessary to increase consumption, which will then increase market demand, which will then increase what farmers can produce or should be producing, Right. So we got to start with data. We have to start with the numbers. But, but let me ask this question. Rastafari ain't into eating deadass. That's a term that they, that they use, right? And they, they eating what is grown out of the earth. So who feeding them there? They eating imported food too? I'm going I to be contrarian, right? They, we don't eat deadass because we don't eat flesh mm-hmm. but we don't eat deadass because we don't eat starch and, and non-everyday <laughs> fresh food so we have 
people who are, I ain't talking about Rastafarians, yeah. but I'm talking about no, no, but, no, but, vegetarians but, but. who are actually starchitarians. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, right? oh, oh, that's the angry guy. They okay. got they starchitarians mm-hmm. and all of that starch product, that wheat, that flour, that rice, that corn or cornmeal product, right? That is imported. The oil, like they're still important. Yaba pat in every day. Yaba pat is... And Sunday. Because because Dax Dax said when he when, when he went to St. Kitts, he went over Nevis because he wanted to get a yaba pat. Right? Uh if we importing food, th- there is nothing that 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 that, that, that uh, a vegetarian consuming that can be grown here. If in principle. In principle, but yeah. if the if the main attribute on your fa- on your plate is rice, white potato um tofu right we mm-hmm. do have we grow food did have tofu production i don't know if they still have tofu yes we grow food yes yeah. right man and derrick hadge out of the rack not, like, not, not, not not the late derrick hadge but the derrick hadge for we for we grow food yeah so we have to we first i mean this is such a huge issue because unless we are looking at the economics of the thing and the relationship to the economics of the thing. We actually can drive the change that we need. So the, what, the, what the vegetarian plate is made up of is still not enough a percent of local food, right? Ask anybody. The, the most, go to a restaurant and say, why your restaurant here is local? Like it, if I answer the question, what did we should be asking ourselves every day? What did I eat local today, and where did it come from? Whether it is bush tea from your backyard, a mango from a tree, a tamarind if it's in season, mommy, Miss uh, Paul. How, how you pronounce that word? Tamarind. Because I say tamon. When I say when when I when I rock I don't do as the Iraqians like in Rome. If you had asked me this question and I was on a Saint Thomas radio show, I'd ask the time. Well, that, that's that's arguably one of my favorite words because because of the fact that you got a million pronunciation, but the, the Christian pronunciation we we put a B in we we, we put a B Tamarin. up. <laughs> not Tambran. I know, but <laughs> I said Tambran. Listen, yeah. when I went to Saint Thomas um, for the week, bro, food Rastafari. If you my team yeah. said, how come when you Saint Thomas? You don't sound like a saint to me, well, and I say, "What in Rome?" Well, when you yeah, come from yeah, Rome, yeah, right? Yeah, when you co- when yeah, you're born in Rome, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it'll, I, it'll I, I, I just having some fun there. Me too. Yeah, no, no, but 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 we, I, I, I missing something, right? I missing something. We just had rain last week that lasted from Tuesday night into Thursday, and the island lime green. I mean, what more proof do you need? Of how fertile our soil is, mm. just from rain alone, not from crap growing and thing, just from seeing how certain parts of the island were looking to get a ashika in a brung, and a day and a half of rain, and you didn't know ashi brung had existed. W- what else do we need, uh, summer? We're we going to have fear this weekend, and the fear—I'm sorry—I'm just being very, very candid. It's, it is the number one economic engine over a three-day period per capita. But the fear is now more commercialized than it is natural, man. I mean, I don't, so I'm sorry. These, so these are the intentional things that we have to attend to, right? Like we have to ask ourselves, all of the cultural, there's a difference between local food and culturally relevant food. Mm-hmm. So our seasoned rice, our roast pork, our baked macaroni and cheese, our salmon balls, yeah. our fried fish, yeah, yeah. right? Those things. And, and we need, I'm, sorry, I'm just being frank, we need them. 
That, that's just part and of And I love life. them. No, but yeah. you don't want to eat. That. Listen, yeah. that's yeah. where you're, you're going to the yeah. fair to get yeah. your culturally relevant food. Mm-hmm. But what we should have done is figured out how much of the in that culture, how much lamb gets slaughter, how much pork gets slaughter. The fair should be an economic uh, how, driver. How, how, how much did the cooks have to spend to buy in but, order to cook? These, these, these are the metrics that we need to be looking at. Exactly. So if we are using a fair and not evaluating how much money the farmer's market produced, how much money the food sales produced, and what and, and asking those persons who are contributing to share their data, how much did you sell on pork? And how much of that pork was sourced locally? Because we could begin to transition markets and increase numbers. Mm-hmm. We have to have a game plan. We have to have a transition plan. Because I would venture to say that a large number of vendors, because it is more convenient and consistent, they're walking into the grocery store and they're leaving with their large pieces of meat nobody in if you're gonna chicken leg at the fair is not a local chicken most likely in some places it might be a locally slaughtered pork or lamb but it's more likely that they're buying those things from a, a convenient place that they deem is cheaper and affordable because the goat name of the game this is also a time of the year when those culturally relevant foods they're high in demand and people need to make you know they want to make money off of their investment and the time that they go to the fair it's the same thing for food fair in saint thomas is the same thing for food fair when we have carnival at christmas festival at christmas we got to start looking at the numbers. We have to start collecting the data and building a transition plan after that data to shift and fortify the two percenters. Look at the power of the two percent and ask how can we grow what already exists? We keep acting like there's a blanket of invisibility that is not existing. We have raw data out there that needs to be actualized and mobilized and used let, to let, build. Let, 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 me, let, me be, uh, let me take the devil's advocate approach. You came on here. And we spoke about what I believe was a a brilliant strategy by the current administration, the Biden-Harris administration, where they established the USDA regional food business centers and all that stuff, of which you are the point person for um, islands and remote areas, USDA regional food business center. And the Hawaii Good Food Alliance is the lead, lead, Mm -hmm. right? And we got 12 of them. Right, we got Appalachia, Delta, Rio Grande, Great Lakes, Heartland, Islands and Remote, as we mentioned, North Central, Northeast, Northwest, Southwest, and the National Intertribal Food Business Center, which I believe are for the native, yeah, right, the, na- the native uh, uh, Americans. If we got all of this strategy, money's being made available, all that stuff, what's the timeline where you're gonna come and analyze this? And say, Neville, because of this distribution center, um, I expect, you know, today is what, Feb- uh, February 2024, I expect to come back here a year from now and tell you what? Okay. I expect to come back a year from now and tell you what, how much money we are prepared to deploy directly to farmers and food-based businesses to increase their ability to buy local. You go, you, you know, you could bank on that, right? No, they said coordination, technical assistance, and capacity building. Those are the three tenets for what the food business centers um, are going to be responsible for. How do, we, how do we get to numbers that are going to be palatable? So 
one, we're going to attempt deploying $2.5 million between here and Puerto Rico directly to farmers in grants, not loans, to move their business. I expect to give you the process and, and hopefully by then some numbers. Mm-hmm. I expect to be able to tell you who the U.S. Caribbean Food Policy Council is, which will be a, a group of people between Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands who point their brains together to strategize how to build relationship and reduce our import rates and lobby for right local legislation and national policy. I expect to be able to tell you that. And five years from now... Because I, this, this is a 60-month award duration, right? Five years from now, I expect to be able to tell you the impact of the body that we deployed and how we have shifted the infrastructure to be able to support import reduction because this is long game work. We will have supported, right? We, we, but, but, we, but should not be the sole goal right now? The only goal is reduction of what we import in? Uh, in other words, are we, and this, anybody should analyze this, but in this case, are we being, are we over analytical? In what we're dealing with now, I mean, we have a clear mandate in front of us. We importing too much of what we consume in summer. We need to get a number down, and significantly to eighty percent is a long way from ninety eight percent, but ain't even close to what the real goal should be. So, as I, it relates to what we importing, I have a nice answer and I have the real answer. Which one you want? I want both. Right. The nice answer is that we have a lot of things in place, um, federally and locally that have the potential to answer what you're talking about. Shout out to the Ag Plan, whether whether you like it or don't like it or like some of the components or all of the components, we have a funded Ag Plan that is looking at all the Ag legislation that is moving money quickly to support it. And we have a local food and farm council established that in in, in record time for deploying money is up and running and working, right? Mm -hmm. So we have the RFBC, we have these federal dollars coming in. Department of Agriculture just received $2.7 million for RFSI, right, which is more state money coming in. So we are in a position, more money is being invested in agriculture in a short period of time than we've had in a long time, you know. The governor talks about the $10 million that he wants to or has given agriculture, right? There is, I believe, the 1% of the budget that Senator Francis has appropriated through legislation some time ago. We did it. We did it. We are at that infusion point. The truth is, is we need the relationships across all sectors to make this infusion of cash to leverage it for its greatest good. And I know we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about that leveraging of, of dollars um, to the benefit of everybody here in the territory, the farmers and those of us who consume. We'll be back right after this. that habit folks i'm aisha roscoe host of weekend edition sunday where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears we've got the news but we've also got curiosity joy and surprise 
tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. We're back here on Alice this song. We're talking about uh, the Ag Fair and uh, you know leveraging what you know resources we have to uh, allow for us to evolve as a people and get agriculture back into the mix at a much higher level than it is now. For example, I got a friend of mine, Talon Hatch. He own uh, this franchise here, Subway, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things about Subway is healthy eating. You know, they ain't just about eating healthy eating. A lot of lettuce. And all that stuff. Um, these are the type of things I, I'm. I, I don't know if when you're with the Subway franchise, you're obligated to purchase from their wholesalers. Um, like how, um, like when I was coming out of college, long, long time ago, 30, 37 years ago, come me. I always wanted, if I was gonna own something, to own a Red Lobster, right? And but they had a, they had a. a, a a structure in place where if you're going to own a red lobster, then you got to buy the lobster from Maine and San Francisco. Why would I want to do that mm-hmm. when lobster is in abundance? Either. It didn't make economic sense, right? So I don't know if that's the case with that, with, with a Colin Hodge or somebody they got to buy from their you know, established wholesale. But it's things like these. Remember when um, I couldn't get my... Uh, my chicken Caesars, and you tell me because we heard um, the the supermarkets didn't have lettuce, and you were the one who said we got local entities here who could provide the lettuce for these restaurants or the restaurant that you don't go to. These are the things that we need to address. Uh, some of these are real time, everyday, you know, issues and challenges that need to be, uh, how you say, uh, eviscerated by putting in place a structure that allows for access 
to local farmers and those who grow in things here in the Virgin Islands? So, you know, interesting enough, right? The, the, the structure is relationship, right? We keep trying to invest in building buildings and we're talking to people, right? If we could build real relationships across the food system, then you should know. And unfortunately, that farmer that I was talking about, his farm is now out of business because we couldn't plug his prolific lettuce farm mm-hmm. into the right businesses. And he, and he was there for a really long time, but inflation, cost of living, like the health are running the business. So now we lose one of our most consistent. We lose food security when we lost him. And there was no place in our community where this farmer could go to get fortified. There was, he could, we, man, I can't emphasize that when we talk about resilience, when we talk about food security, right, we have to look at what social capital is needed as well as real capital. We have to look at where the critical connections happen. We have to look at the intersections of how we're using our economics. And then we have to cultivate trusting relationships. That So when I say if you want a real answer, you want a nice answer, the nice answer is we have a lot of resource, a lot of cap, a lot of monetary capital to address agriculture. But that monetary capital, it is not going to do its greatest good if we don't stop working in silos and we don't begin to put the right relationships in place to make the money do its greatest good. That's the problem. Spending money don't mean you solve a problem. No. Nope. The problem, like, some problems, after a hurricane, people that have, the Virgin Islands is amazing, maybe not at fixing roofs immediately, but at taking care of each other because we don't use our social capital. Your neighbor to throw the card over, somebody to boil water for you for the gas stove, somebody to hold your medicine. We to deploy our relationships to keep our communities safe. It's the same thing with the food system. And the problem is, is we, don't long, we no longer have the right relationships. Right, so people working in silos trying to spend money to do great good, and that good will be less than 20% effective. We'd build buildings that people don't use, we'd create systems that people drop out of, and people still feeling unsupported. And I would venture to say that's not just in the food system. Like, I think the whole of the Virgin Islands need a relationship overhaul. We need to look at the intersections and we need to be talking about how do we best run parallel tracks and where should we work together. We're not having those conversations. This is why it's not just about agricultural production. Production is one end of the game. It's also about packaging. It's about marketing. It's about sales and consumption. It's about stewarding the land. It's about water availability. It's about education. It's a systemic approach, which is why I stopped talking about agriculture production because that is we that is a technical aspect of agriculture that is only beneficial if the social aspect of agriculture is realized. If the consumer ain't buying it and want to eat it, the farmer don't have no place to put his food. What are we looking for? What are you hoping for with the fair this year in 2024? I don't have high hopes for the fair. And I don't have high hopes for the fair because farmers don't have high hopes for the fair. In my perfect world, the farmers in the farmer's market would tell me this is my best year in agriculture. So much people come through this market, I run out of all my crops. And for the past 
two years, I've had farmers at the end of the fair need Virgin Islands good food to buy their surplus crop because enough people didn't go into the farmer's market and spend money. People are coming to the fair for the sandals and the jewelry and the food and the madras outfits and their time together and raffles and music. We stopped coming to the fair for trees and fruits and vegetables. So the center of the agriculture fair is placed at the back of the fair and nobody ain't driving people towards the farmers. Nobody ain't driving the food vendors towards the farmers. So while the fair is one of the biggest economic drivers, it is no longer the biggest agricultural economic driver because farmers don't feel centered. Livestock farmers don't make money at the fair time. Yeah, but um, you got you got to get agriculture credit though. That 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 farmers marketing. I mean, I don't know what pitch it's at now, but there was a time when. That's where everybody want to go. No, but no, but that's what farmers are telling me. Yeah. This used to be the event. Mm -hmm. It was worth all my time. And in the past two and a half, maybe three years, it has not been that. And nobody's evaluating the data to talk about what is the impact to the farmer. Right? Nobody don't come around after fair and say, so how you fair this week? Nobody ain't writing down them numbers to notice the shift. The only reason I notice in the shift is because I talking to them every day and asking. That's why talking about the data. So we need to use this fair to collect data from all of the attendees and all of the participants and vendors so we could recenter farmers and make it not just robust for the jewelry maker, the sandals maker, the t-shirt seller, who we have there, the, the, the snow cone person and the roast pork person, but also for the honey man and for the, the vegetable farmer. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the value-added production, we have to make that farmer's market the center of the fair. It got to be the most thriving place. Again, because you're right, it was. And things over time, it's gotten super huge. So it makes sense that things have changed. But we have to intentionally attend to that change. <clears throat> we also got to you know, encourage the, the, the public that modern-day technology cannot be ignored. Mm. You know, I, I know, you know, we know about manual labor and farmers from the, back in the day want to gain the land and harvest, but we got to also invest in, 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 in the technological advances. You know, that's why, we, that's why I do work with the RT Park. That's why you do work uh, with, with the RT Park and in a way a project like the Tech Village makes all the sense uh, in, in, in the world. I mean, we didn't pass 6836, actually 6836, just for the hell of it. It was that we recognized, you know, when we transitioned from agrarian to heavy industry in the 60s, we did that and we created a middle class. In doing so, we also created the need to export a whole lot more of what we consume because we weren't feeding ourselves anymore. Now reality smack us square in the face. If the pandemic wasn't the signal that we got to address this unquestioned imbalance, need, what have you, I don't know what will. So I, wa I, hmm, I want to say that it's imperative that we begin to look at it, and I can keep driving home data. 
right data will tell us how to use our resources data will tell us how to begin to cultivate relationships and where the 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 the, the lowest hanging fruit is right like and we launch in our virtual farmers market app i've been hearing me talk about it when he said when you're going when you're going to come back and tell us you're ready is ready right so this year at the fair when you see us there we're going to be there in slim and lean mode the people ain't coming down from iowa um, they're coming down from Iowa, but they're coming down for our re- for our Island Food System Summit. The people are also coming Excuse from you, Alaska. Yeah, by the way, speak to that. Um, that happens the last day of the fair. It starts the last day of the fair. It starts the last day of the fair, February nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first. Where? How you go link that? Um, you could go to islandfoodsystemsummit.com. Today is actually, no, tomorrow is the last day for registration. It's happening at the University of the Virgin Islands. The 19th is our networking session. So if you're out on a boat um, at Levels at 7 p.m., come meet our partners. We have people from USDA. We got people from Alaska, people from Hawaii, people from BVI, people from Vieques Farmers. Coming through, we got about 30 farmers from St. Thomas who are going to be on St. Croix. Um, and then the 20th is the first day of the conference, regular conference stuff, opening speeches, a plenary. Um, and then in the afternoon, we're doing immersions. We're sending our guests and our conference goers out into the Virgin Islands at a plethora of different diverse activities to get context so it informs what we talk about the following day we'll have world cafes which will help increase voice we're using we then the second day we have much of the same except the second day is our concurrent session day which is rooted in um farmer perspective and then after that we have good foods first benefit um dinner at half penny um beach club Hey Penny out with Chef Ralph Mota preparing the food. Oh yeah? Yeah. Nice. Um we this is the inaugural one. So there's there's a lot of moving parts and we're learning quick, but the whole the, that's the theme is resources, relationships and resilience because we understand that they come they come packaged together. Um we endeavor to really be in deep conversation on how we use what we know from the past. Leave the things that don't that that didn't serve, but bring the things that did forward. Um, the principle of Sankofa and the principle of Ubuntu. I am because you are. No farmer is going to be successful as a, as a community. They're not supported. Find your farmer and support them. Right. Let's begin to celebrate the power of two percent. So I'm super excited, super nervous. Right. This is the first time looking at all the kinks, but. Right now we close to a hundred people, so we might have to shut 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 the ship down. <laughs> Put a quota uh, in effect, a cap. You know, so that's the um, agriculture summit uh, takes place um, Monday the nineteenth. Three days or four? It's a two three days. The nineteenth to the twenty first. Nineteenth to the twenty first, and uh, um, Lang. That's her name. Yes, Courtney Long will be here. And Hoen, Hoen, was this Hoen? No, Kaylee won't be here because she had a baby. Oh, so that's she's nice. a mommy now. That's nice. That's a newborn. Nice. So that's Courtney nice. will be here. Okay. Um, yeah, we 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 have Elliot Smith from Kitchen Sink Strategies. We will have the Hawaii Good Food Alliance on the ground. We'll have the Alaska Food Policy Council. We'll have representatives. Um, Deputy Administrator Trisha Kovacs from USDA Agricultural Marketing Service. We will have Alex 
Cordova from the Undersecretary's Office for the Secretary of Agriculture oh, yeah? and Community okay. Food Systems. We will have um, representatives from the Food and Nutrition Service. Um, the Deputy Administrator for that, I believe, will have Luis um, Cruz Arroyo, um, the Caribbean Area Director. Um, I didn't do, I'll, I'll say this out loud, so it's my bad. On the local invitations, I was slow. So if you get an invitation from me last week, please say yes, local representatives, and come. Um, but what I was really seeking to do is build relationships with the Virgin Islands and national partners. Mm -hmm. So Safan and Rafi will be in the house, um, as well as, again, like Iowa State, because... A lot of when we Anybody go... Anybody from, from Hawaii coming for the... Yeah, yeah. Sally, Harmony, Caillou, Luca. They all going to be on the ground. And they're going... After that, we jump in on a plane. I'm going to say, Tamas, so they could learn a little, little bit about our sister islands. Not wrong with that. Not wrong with that. That's Hawaii uh, Good Food Alliance. They are the lead, right? Yep, they are for, the for, lead. For the, for the, for the, um, the region. Yep. That, that, that we're dealing with. The with, island with, and remote areas. They're in remote. Puerto Rico. I'll know this man eating okay. arepa and coffee and sending pictures. <laughs> That's good. The voice is uh, Summer Sibley. Uh, she is the agriculture guru uh, here uh, in the Virgin Islands. She also sits in this chair from time to time, uh, you know, filling in for yours truly when I get out of Dodge. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I appreciate that. Of course, um, you heard her earlier, you know, she, she, she loves her politics as well. And uh, she is a historian, so, of course, you know, she fits uh, right in uh, to what we do here on Allies. It's good to see you. Uh, congrats once again uh, with all you do and um, the uh, island, what we, island and remote areas? Yep. Uh, um, region uh, of the, the Biden um, five-year plan. It's a 60-month deal. A lot of money involved, anywhere from 15 to $50 million per region or... Or overall per, per, per region, region, right? Per region. So, 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 so that number could get up to fifteen. Eight billion. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So, uh, we 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 appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dwayne Henry and Doug School for joining me to break down uh, the NY three district special election from yesterday, and also um, Mr. Michael Jaffers and Nikita Beck for joining me. Um, they got the Energy Village. Um, at the AgFest, okay? This week's a local for it. Energy, WAPA, all those entities are coming uh, together. Be good and be safe. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. West Africa. Astronomers are on a mission. This is very important. If you don't get the data at the right second, you don't get the data ever. Discover a history of African astronomy. Wow, it's incredible. And one scientist's dream for the future. I believe space is for everyone. Star Chasers of Senegal on Nova. Tune in February 14th at 8 p.m. on WTJX TV Channel 12. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here 
on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.